What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rose Show. At time of recording, it is 6.06 p.m. on Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. And with me on the other line is my friend and fellow NBA junkie, Dan Perez. Dan, say hi to the people, man. What up, what up? Yeah, I've been here before, so yeah. hopefully they remember me. I gave Absolutely. some good analysis last season. And, uh, and on uh, the Jordan Peele movie, Us. Yes, there's a few movie appearance, uh, appearances. Let's let's hope, but, Dan, like before we start, let's hope that uh, uh, the two of us will be able to see Jordan Peele's next movie, whenever it is, that he'll get to make that, that movie. Is that Candyman? Series. Well, no, he didn't direct Candyman. He, but, he produced it or something? Something, anyway. Uh, 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 what we're doing today is we are previewing the NBA's Western Conference. We are previewing it by going through each of the 15 teams in ascending order from where they were ranked last year. So starting with the 15th seeded golden state warriors and going up and talking about each of the team <sighs> and what is interesting or compelling to us about each of these 15 teams. I'm super excited to get back to the NBA, even though it's going to be treacherous and the COVID sort of factor of Vid. starting the NBA season in the midst of this is just wild. And I, I have no idea if the season's going to finish I have no idea if we're going to get vaccinated as we go uh, go along. NBA mm-hmm. players certainly will as as we go along. But I, 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 do you think that we'll play – before we even start, do you think we'll play a full season? Do you think the NBA will play a full season? Well, it's shortened by, what, 10 games already or something? Uh, I really don't know because they're not doing the bubble either, right? So They're not doing the bubble. Um, I think – Honestly, I think what it's going to come down to is the team's ability when, you know, vaccinations are starting to roll out and people are more comfortable and stuff and they're letting fans into the arena. That's going to be the big indicator of like, because wasn't it Golden State actually was one of the yeah, teams that said they're going to like rapid testing. Half, half volume, you know, yeah. uh, capacity for fans and stuff. I mean... Are they rolling that out at the start of the season? They're rolling that out after the All Star break. Who knows? Uh, I, I, and then, I, you know, I will they, that even hold up? <laughs> I hope they don't have fans the whole season. But I honestly don't either because I think that if they do, that's what's gonna mess it up. I agree. Let's get going by tie, jumping in and talking about the 15th seeded last season, Golden State Warriors. They went 15 and 50 last year, and in the off season, they. Traded for Kelly Oubre. They drafted James Wiseman second overall and Nico Mannion 48th overall. They signed Kent Bazemore at the minimum and Brad Wanamaker for $2.2 million this year. former self. And they lost Clay Thompson, my favorite favorite fucking player in basketball. It's so crazy because, you know, I never wish injuries on people. Like, if I, you know, that being said too, like I I don't wish injuries on people, period. But like, I, out of all the people on Golden State, like why Clay, man? Why, why Clay? I love that. I, I, why? I, it's funny that several months before it was a show, uh, Clay posted on his Instagram. I always open with the Queen's Gambit against Butchie, and it was him playing chess with his dog. <laughs> he like, oh my god! He, he, picture of his pooch. He's just such I a likable guy, Thompson. man. It's crazy. I love him. Nobody anyway. <laughs> in the NBA can have beef with Clay. It's crazy. I think he. I think he's the ultimate the, bro. Anyway, 
Where do you think the Warriors are going to be better, worse, or about the same as they were last season? And beyond that, what is interesting or compelling to you about the Warriors, Dan? So, are they going to go? What was it? Fifteen and fifty again? You know? Yeah. No, they're going to be not. better than that. Uh, you know, also depends on what they do in the middle of the season, you know, so apparently they might not look the same. You know, you hear all the rumors about them maybe trading Wiggins or whatever else they do. Who knows? Uh, but that being said, I think they win right around the same. What is it? 23% win rate for the season. If they're playing 72 games, I think, you know, they're going to be right around that, like, 16, 17 wins, maybe a little more, but yeah, it's right around there. Because the other thing, too, you have to think about is, like, the West is is just all – it's a friggin' beast, man. Like, any team could end up the bottom seed, and I wouldn't be surprised just because of how competitive it is. I guess, you know, there is a gap between the bottom feeders in the West and the, the big dogs, but – there's always that like, you know, seven to nine or 10 seed that they're scrapping for that last playoff spot. And I think you're going to see that a little more this year. I, I, I guess there's a scenario where they they get the 10 seed, right. Or the nine seed and they're in that play in tournament. I, but without clay. Yeah. It's so hard because. Baysmore becomes very important for them. Baysmore and Wanamaker are both going to be in their rotation. It's going to be. Oubre. It's, yeah. Your boy, Kelly Oubre. You love Oubre. My guy. <laughs> He's the left. I can't believe they got him for so cheap too. Like. Up, God, I, you know. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just really high on Oubre. Cause. Yeah, you might be a little high on him. That was fair. I thought that was very valuable. Anyway. Something intriguing about yeah, them is com- that. What is interesting or compelling about them? Is it, is, it just Steph? is it just having Steph back? It's the yeah that that's part of it, and then the other part is that uh, I don't think there's been a team in recent history really that's been like them where they they probably had the fastest like rise to fall glory days to you know rough days like if if I told you two years ago the Warriors were going to be the last seed in the West, you would have told me I was on a million different types of drugs because right. you would not believe that I that's mean, even close to true, let alone it was, it was, winning, you know. You Durant, you lose Clay, and that's and then you lose Steph, and that's just what happens. <laughs> right, yeah, true. <laughs> and, you know, I Steph was out for a bit, and you wonder how much of that was, like, actually him being hurt or out, but teams do that kind of stuff all the time that's why like i'm not surprised either i think they'll be right around this so so we think that what's interesting or compelling about them is steph is steph and the fact that they had such a like high peak of glory days maybe within the last three years and now they're literally going from one seed to eight like 15 seed the number 14 seed the number 14 the number 14 seed in the Western Conference last year were the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, who went 19-45. They drafted Anthony Edwards, number one. They got Leandro Bromero and Jaden McDaniels at 23-28. and 28. They traded for Ricky Rubio, a reunion of Ricky Rubio and the Minnesota Timberwolves, <laughs> and they signed Wancho Hernan Gomez. That's a little, little tidbit I didn't even realize. Wancho. That. So what do you think about the Timberwolves? Are they going to be better? Are they going to rise above 14th? And what is 
what is interesting or compelling about them? You know, for me, I think it's the same thing. Like, yeah, they added some guys and, you know, they have some good pieces. Now, Ricky Rubio is a pretty good, like, floor general. They got D'Lo, right? This is one of those things where you look at the teams around them and it's just like everyone in the West is if so they, good. Yeah, they, they either bolstered their squad up more than Minnesota did or even if they did just the same, like – then I just you're don't, really I, relying on like a guy like Towns of taking that, you know. I, I just don't know step. how. I just don't know how you're gonna have a successful like run at a playoff spot if your two best players, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, aren't good defenders. And we, yeah, true. Especially we, in the West, we waited for Carl Anthony Towns to become a good defender because he projected as a good defender when he was at Kentucky. When he, one of the reasons mm-hmm. he was number one overall pick is because of what he showed defensively over Julio Okafor. But he's never really put it together on that end of the floor. And D'Lo mm-hmm. is, doesn't seem like is ever going to be an average defender. But they have to make strides if that team is going to make strides. So Yeah, I agree. And then, you know. The thing that is compelling or cast. about them is Anthony Edwards. I mean, you know, they've got Josh Okoge and I, I, I dig – watching I, I dig some of their uniforms i don't know i i don't find all them all that interesting beyond anthony edwards who i think just athletically is going to do some ridiculous things as a rookie the number 13 team in the west last year were the new orleans pelicans who uh had a busy offseason they drafted Kier lewis jr with the 13th overall pick they traded uh the the teams the, the players that they acquired via trade were eric bledsoe and Steven Adams, who they just uh, signed to a two-year $35 million. Oh, I forgot fashion. they got Adams. Uh, <laughs> there you go. They also signed Willie Hernan Gomez, so both Hernan and Gomez is to take care of. Hey, uh, they're, they're actually, you know, they kind traded, of the opposite to they me. Traded, they traded Drew Holiday to the Milwaukee Bucks. And got uh, a boat. And got a boat. <laughs> and got a boat. And several of uh, their free agents signed elsewhere. Jaleel Locafor with the Pistons, Derek Favors with the Jazz, Etwan Moore with the Suns, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, like, none of those are, are no. like – No, the, uh, losing Favors isn't, you know, fa- favor if, – if you're going to – If you're losing Favors but you're getting Steven would, Adams. Would you rather have Favors than Steven Adams? Maybe. There's, like, a chance that that's true. Um, nah. Next is Ion. We'll see. Uh I think that they're fascinating. They have a bunch of things that are compelling or interesting about them. I don't know if they're going to be better than they were last year, but the idea of like what the, are they going to be as awful defensively as they were in the bubble? Is Lonzo going to be right as, awful as he was in the bubble? Is Zion how many how many games is Zion going to be able to play? Is he going to be able to be a better defensive rebounder? I mean, he said no restrictions, right? Can he can he get can he get healthy? Uh, what is it? Is Eric Bledsoe going to be all defense level again? Because that mm. that could certainly help a defense that needs that type of jolt. I don't know. Right. But but is is def- he even a better defender than Drew Holiday, who they lost? You know. Probably uh, not. Does does Ingram get better? The, that's the real one. Is does you know you got to look at like you said you know is Zion going to stay healthy? He said there's no minutes restriction or you know cap on him playing, but. We'll see how that goes. And then, you know, after that, it's it comes down to the leap Brandon Ingram makes because he's actually, what, still 23, like 24? Like he's – Yeah. 
He's still figuring it out too. Like you saw last season, he was starting to actually put it together a bit. So now, first all, he's made his first All Stars team. Now it's about you know keeping it up and consistency, and so we'll see the, with him and Lonzo too. I guess the <laughs> the twelve seed in the West last year were the Sacramento Kings. They went thirty one and forty one. They drafted Tyrese Halliburton twelfth overall. A couple of other draft picks in the forties. They signed. Do you know who the Kings' one free agent signing is, Dan? Uh, I can it's, tell you in like two seconds. It, it was going to be it's Hassan White. Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> uh, also, real quick, the one thing that's intriguing uh, to me with the Pelicans is that oh, they're going to have yeah. a healthy Zion and you know potentially no minutes restriction. So I want to see him actually, you know carrying that team and doing stuff as opposed to like an electric 20 minute stint. I'd rather see him, you know, play a game and like, you know, win or lose the team that game and him being the guy I'd rather watch that. Yeah. Than, you know, you got to bring him along. It's, it's so time. That, that's uh, just, I, I quick, hope he stays thing. healthy, man. He's, he's too <laughs> goddamn fun to watch. He's too good. Yeah. So the Kings are probably, I th- Low key, think they'll be worse than. Oh yeah, than last year. Oh yeah, they're uh, gonna be bad. They they know they also what, lost Bogdanovich. No longer have Harry Giles. He signed with the Blazers. Kent Bazemore for the, the Warriors. Minimum Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich signed uh, the offer sheet from Atlanta, which they did not match. Uh, Alex Although, signed with the Raptors. Yeah. You know. We'll see what Bagley can do for them. They still got him. I, Fox, I Fox, Fox. I, Buddy Heald. Yeah. I think they're going to trade Buddy Heald at some point too. So that's also why I think they're to the Celtics in my fantasies. Yes, of course. Whoa. I will give them the next. I'll give them first round picks until twenty one hundred, dude. If you can just send him over, if that you know, if they want draft picks, sure. For the year Make, of our you know, we already have the trade exception. You know, we'll get to the east, okay. but. Well, we were, I you know look. I just think that they're going to trade him wherever it may be remains to be unseen. But I think that they are, and therefore will be worse than they were last year. Uh, especially when their main addition is Hassan Whiteside, who's yo, might not even might Hassan not even Whiteside crack their starting rotation. Is, so is, it's he like, the, is he the worst player in the NBA? <laughs> no, I no, he's not. I, he's, he's my, not, least, he's my you know, least I think that's Brad Wanamaker anyways. He's, so. No, he's, and no. it's not. <laughs> I fucking Wanamaker, man. Sean <laughs> Whiteside is my least favorite NBA player. I fucking <clears throat> can't stand watching that guy play basketball. Anyway. The, like, what's in, what's intriguing to them about, about, oh. about this team for you? Oh. Cause I I have no I have no interest or intrigue. I just love as I just I just want to see if De'Aaron Fox if he has a Dame Lillard level culture shift in him. You know, like he he when he went there and he was saying all the right things as a rookie. I feel like that fell away from that right. The peak. No, I don't. I I don't. You know, I just think it's. That's one of the hardest cultures to turn into a winning culture in the entire NBA is the fucking right. Kings, especially with that. When you're playing in sleep train <laughs> arena on a daily basis. 
<laughs> but what? you know, I mean, trade arena. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the the king's arena. So. Amazing. Uh, but the, yeah, I mean, Fox is obviously a talent, but it's about whether or not he can take over games. We get to we get to some goddamn interesting and compelling teams the rest of the way in the Western Conference. Are you ready? I can't, oh, yeah. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. One detail Except before we get there. Except for these ones. Except for the San Antonio Spurs, who finished 32 and 39. And, uh, the most they... interesting thing about this team so far <laughs> is that DeMar DeRozan's house was broken into. <laughs> uh, that's amazing, Dan. That's true. That's true. I mean, uh, I just don't I see how you can tell me. Vassal nah. The 11th pick, was he a steal? I don't know. I guess he's all right. I haven't heard too much about him. Bryn, but... Bryn Forbes. Uh, <sighs> Bucks. What's interesting or compelling about the Spurs is, I guess, getting to see what DeJounte Murray. The youth movement. Like. Thank you. Him and Derek White. And Lonnie Walker. The Lonnie fourth. Walker, the fourth. Yo, Lonnie Walker, the video of him dunk, like turning his dunk into a layup that he actually misses, but there's a shot of the Denver bench behind him and like Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, and Jamal Murray are all just, uh, their jaws hit the floor and Lonnie Walker just dialing it back like he's going to. Oh, I think, yeah. Then he switches it to a layup, but he misses it. Anyway, I love He has it, like, cocked back to the (laughs) other rim, (laughs) but he somehow switches to try and finger roll it. It's it's amazing. Yeah. But (laughs) so this is where, you know, the thing with the Spurs is that kills me. It's like, you know, you're out here paying – LaMarcus Aldridge at 35 years old, 24 million, you know, DeRozan, 28 million. He's 31. Rudy Gay, 15 million. He's 34. Like the, the, the thing for, for a lot of teams, this isn't just the Spurs, but like, I don't know why certain franchises are so obviously you have to put fans in the seats and stuff and you need to have some intrigue around your team. But some of these teams that they try and like hold on to relevancy for a bit or something like that, you know, those guys aren't getting you to the playoffs. So it's like, you're almost better just saying, you know what, we're going to buy into, you know, DeJounte and Lonnie Walker and Vassell, like being able to, build them up and you know in maybe two three four years whatever then you i just know, don't you think they i just don't think derozan there hasn't been much of a market for a non-shooting for derozan wing. really yeah and, and that's because you know i mean maybe you think of it differently but i don't think i don't think anything special of derozan like he can't really shoot no. he's a slasher that can get to the rim and stuff sure he does a good job at that but he's not like an insanely plus or lockdown defender either. So yeah. he's just like a, you know, meh. But we, we do like the youth, the youth movement. So we, there. yeah, we agree the move, the youth movement. Cause like Murray, Murray was hurt for a bit too. Right. And they kind of eased him back in, but I think he's actually nice. Here is where things get interesting. You ready? Now we got the good squad. The, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns went oh. 39. They drafted Jalen Smith from Maryland 10th overall. They traded for Chris Paul and Abdul Nader and Ab- your boy Abdul Nader. <laughs> yeah, and, and they got Jay Crowder. Signed Jay Crowder and Etwan Moore, which is uh, sneaky a good pickup for them. Yeah, three years, thirty million for Crowder's actually. crazy. And they re-signed Dario Saric, I think, for nine mil a year. They they lost uh, Ricky Rubio and uh, Kelly Oubre. 
Rubio to to CP3 is not even right. Yeah, and they lost Aaron Baines in free agency. I'm just running it down, and yeah, but I think that's why they paid Sarich because you know. mm Mm-hmm. So they the fact that they have Chris Paul to pair with Devin Booker is really exciting. (sighs) The idea of uh, (laughs) Chris Paul weaponizing DeAndre Ayton in the pick and roll Mm -hmm. is 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 incredibly intriguing. Uh, We think that I think that they're probably. I'd be surprised if anybody didn't pick them to make the playoffs. They're, they're, people are just assuming yeah. playoffs. So, this, is, this is what's happening. I think there's a few things. First of all, if the Bubble Suns have CP3, inject that right in my veins, dude, because they are they would look so good. It's crazy. Yeah, that eight-game stretch fun. or whatever it was of the Suns in the bubble was yeah. easily the most entertaining part of the – of it to me. I loved the sons in the bubble. It was sick. It's, it's awesome uh, to see Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges and, and uh, give flashes of what they, what they, they could do, you know, their ceilings. CP three, just, you'd think that he helps them as uh, a ton in addition to how he helps Aiton. And if Aiton can take another yeah. chunk leap forward defensively, I think the offense, especially with CP3, there will take largely take care of itself. It's can you are you ready to anchor an above average defense, right? Uh, and 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 we'll, and we'll see if that's the case. Booker, you think can he have a second team All NBA type season? Uh, yeah, he, I think he I think he just missed out on third team, right? He did not make an All NBA team, but he can go right to the second team if he has, you know, a- averages an efficient twenty eight a game. Uh, on a team that gets the five seed in the play in the West, that that's that's all NBA type stuff. So, okay. what is most interesting or compelling about the Suns? Uh the CP3 edition. Because I mean, it's funny that we're just pointing to like a specific player in a lot of these scenarios, but I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head because he's going to, you know, he's going to open up that pick and roll game for for Aiton. You know, maybe. He's gonna, he's gonna, you know, help Booker read defenses better or understand, you know, how to run the offense a little better, or, you know, maybe he takes the pressure off of him a bit. And then, you know, on the flip side of that, CP3 is, you know, if you think of the term floor general and point guards, like the first person that's going to come to mind is CP3. So, and you don't mind that he doesn't match up with their sort of age. Uh, uh, right you don't, I mean, you don't really mind that because it's only what two more years of paul's contract and he right. an all nba guy last year you'd think that he's still you know relative an all-star level point guard right and then also like um you know where we talked about fox saying the right things when he was coming in and and stuff like that like cp3 is a guy that he's going to come in and you're going to immediately feel that culture shift and you know he is a he is a more uh, knowledgeable and like smart savvy player. Where I I'm curious if Booker embraces that and is willing to learn from him, as opposed to being like I don't see why this old guy is over here now telling me what to do. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think that veteran presence sh- should hopefully have a positive impact on this team. And then on top of that, the leap that Booker could or should make this year comboed we'll put them in a good spot absolutely and 
from one intriguing young guard to the next, we go to the Memphis Grizzlies, who also finished 34 and 39 last year. They drafted Desmond Bain, uh, Xavier Tillman, Killian Tilly, uh, and they traded <laughs> for Mario Hazonia. Is that true? They traded yeah. for Hazonia? That is hysterical, man. Uh, in free agency, they lost Josh Jackson of the Detroit Pistons, which I don't even know if that counts as losing anything. And although I guess Josh Jackson was showing some some flashes with the, whatever, uh, the Grizzlies are they going to be better or worse than they were last season? And what is intriguing about them? What is interesting to you about the Grizzlies? I think they'll actually be a little bit better. And I think I think that's right, a little bit better. I don't know if yeah. they're going to be. I, I mean, they almost won half their games. I think I think they're going to be in the se- somewhere in the seven to ten, right? I think they're going to be somewhere yeah. in the and, and be in the play-in. And the the reason why I'm, you know, same thing, you know, my intrigue is not only John Morant because he's now the guy there. He's, you know, the centerpiece. Everything's going to be built around him, revolve around him. The other guy. Brandon Clark is, is so bouncy, man. Brandon Clark catches bodies. Next, you know, this next upcoming season, I think – the leap that he takes will probably have the biggest impact on their team. The leap that Brandon Clark takes? Uh, so I don't know Jackson, about Clark. Jaron Jackson Jr., you mean? Yeah, JJJ. Uh, he was showing off a little bit of range last season. There are games yeah. where he puts it all together, and he's incredibly scary. Yeah. And when he puts it all together, yeah, that's what I – So, granted – That crazy double-double. Teams, teams that are that young that are going to play John Morant, Brandon Clark, JJJ – Dylan Brooks, all these young guys, this many minutes, although Dylan Brooks, I guess, isn't as young as those other guys because he was a four-year guy at Oregon, but they typically are not playoff teams or not consistent playoff teams, not unless they – because they, they don't play enough defense. And right, I, I'm interested to see if they can be a play uh, – you know, compete for the playoffs again and because and, the West overall is better. And is Jaw going to – be able to show off, even if he can get a little mid-range going. Yeah. I mean, he shot 49% from the field as a rookie. <laughs> you, you can't imagine that he's going to be able to do that again without some sort of jump shot, some kind of reliable jump shot from some range. I'm not saying from right, any, but from a range. Even if he just gets a floater. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's be, oh up. my god, he would be so filthy with a float. If he had a Tony Parker teardrop, there's just so many. Right. Oh my god. god. <laughs> it is so it is so hard to. Tony Parker made that shot look so much easier. I think the full speed floaters are some of the most ridiculous shots. Really, I love the. Love no, no, ridiculous. No, I mean ridiculously impressive is what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, no, that's why I'm like, I'm like, how, how, how did Tony Parker? <laughs> how did Dwayne Wade? Dwayne Wade did such a good floater. Uh, a little water drop. <laughs> yeah, I I do associate it. Yeah, Harden Harden's got a pretty good one. Now he. But um, yeah, we'll I get mean, to ja, We'll get to talking about Harden. Josh ja should be able to we'll go on our rant. Because that's the thing too. They were the nine seed last year, and they and with, that was a really awesome uh, playing game. And you that know, for for the most game. part, they technically were. They and didn't they were lose much injured. to their roster, so. Yeah. You have to assume another year of improvement. So, you know, is Justice Winslow going to be healthy? Maybe he can, you know, contribute a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, 
probably not, but <laughs> we'll see. Jamaica can't stay healthy. But the yeah, seed, the 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 eighth seed in the West last year, the Portland Trailblazers went thirty five and thirty nine. They drafted C.J. Ellaby, forty six overall. That's a little. They uh, traded for Robert Covington and for mm-hmm. uh, and for, uh, they signed Enos Cantor and and yeah. uh, Derek, Derek Jones Jr. and they lost Trevor Ariza. And they uh, added Harry Giles. Sonia, and they also signed Giles. That is that is that is massively. I think that is that true? Trevor Giles signed? Yeah, it is. Yeah, for the minimum. For the minimum. That is wild. That is wild. It's crazy. He's twenty two years old. They signed him for the minimum for a year. And I think, you know, he took it as a prove it deal. I would have liked to have seen him come to the Celtics and be friends with Tatum, but Big we'll get time. to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I think the Blazers probably had or have had the strongest offseason so far, uh, in my opinion. Of any team? Yes. Wow. Because they basically shored up on every – weak point that they had in my opinion you know they they got got, they got that shooting wing that you know Ariza and they were hoping for Mello and you know Covington Covington's perfect for them and uh, Giles is another big that they can use you know Cantor Cantor is literally the Chris Middleton of the Blazers in the sense that he looks so amazing on that team and then everywhere else he's just yeah and Chris Middleton no Cantor is the equivalent is the equivalent of uh, of Middleton on the Bucks to us as Celtics fans is what Cantor is for the Blazers to other teams because Cantor on the Blazers for some reason is just like an All NBA player and then everywhere else he just is like a bench guy. It's true. He did play very well for the Blazers uh, on their playoff run uh, in the the previous year. And then now you're gonna have a healthy Nurkic. You know, you're going to have uh, played his ass off in the bubble, even though he was another guy crazy. I like is Gary Trent Jr. Gary, Gary Trent just turned into an absolute sharpshooter for, for that. Right. Bubble. You still have Dame. You're going for it. I, I, you know, Collins, if he can stroke it a little bit and, you know, mellow going to just be a going to stay mellow, going to stay mellow. Got the cornrows back. <laughs> You see that? You got the fucking corner. Uh, yeah. Didn't they get Rodney Hood back? Did they not get Rodney? Yeah, they got Hood back too. Yeah, He's coming off helps. an Achilles injury though. Yeah, that that helps though. And and then Derek Jones Jr. What is uh, what, they got a lot of they they got a lot is, of pieces. What is what is the most interesting or compelling thing about the Blazers uh, to you? That you think? From, I, think I mean, they have a chance. They have a chance. What's their What's their ceiling? Is it three seed in the West? Is it two seed? Yeah, probably like I'd say top four seed somewhere. Home court advantage is their ceiling. It's exciting. It's exciting, man. I, I really want to see I, yeah. Dame and CJ get another good go at it and win another playoff series. I think this is probably, you know, looking at this roster, feels like their best chance, man. I yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, like, yeah. looking at the last couple of years, you Dame know, is 30. Yeah, right? and where they're going for the future. Yeah, the, like – for me, it really feels like you know you got your shot here. Because who knows who knows what the Clippers are going to look like with Kawhi and Paul George as the. I mean, they they they're still an excellent roster on paper, but do you really trust them that as much as you did going into last year's playoffs? Not at all. And 
Right. Obviously, the Lakers are the prohibitive favorites. But, but it, the way Nurkic looked in the bubble with them and how they could get stuff clicking, they could look know, good. I, I, I hope that they stay healthy because I, I just love Dame and I'd love watching him be play important playoff games. <laughs> and, and also, like, I, I, I don't know how other people feel about it, but for me, you know, when I, when I think of Dame, it almost feels like I, I associate it with, like, the ultimate underdog. Because he's just like, he's just, you know, he's clearly like a superstar player in the terms of like, you know, he's, he can go and get you 50 and he can win you a ball game. And, you know, they're, the reason they're as good as they are, obviously, is Dame. The next team that we're talking about are the Dallas Mavericks, who finished last oh. year as the seventh seed. They're at 43 and 32. They drafted Josh Green and Tyrell Terry and Tyler Bay, and they traded uh, Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. They re-signed J.J. Brea and Willie Cauley-Stein, and uh, they traded uh, DeLon Wright to the, the Pistons and Justin Jackson to the Thunder, and they lost Michael K. Gilchrist to the Knicks in free agency. Um, they did a great job surrounding Luka with some, some people, man. Josh Richardson's going to help, and so will Tyrell Terry and Josh Green, their, their draft picks potentially, and I, I think they're going to be unbelievable because of Luca. Luca yeah. could totally could totally win MVP. Luca. And what could you what can you possibly say about the guy yeah. at his age, man? What the what the heck? Luca is so fun, man. I fucking love this guy. That, that dude that dude's unbelievable. Like, yeah, outside you know, you know me with how I am with the Celtics players, but like outside of Celtics, man, yeah, I love Luca. Luca's the guy. He's he's, he's fascinating. So, he's I, I, so nasty. I love I love oh. getting I love getting to see him in person. Celtics Mavericks last year. He's the he cannot his shoulders the way that dude uses his shoulders. Um, he's a beast to not be moved when he gets to where he needs to get to. <laughs> Just and he's only so twenty one, awesome. man. And That's so crazy. He, the, the, he really is LeBron esque with the cross court passes out of the pick and roll, like the skip pass to the corner. And like yep. delivering those on a rope, he he's very LeBronish with those. So, funny story I saw on where was it? I think it was on Twitter. Someone was talking about like his first game against an NBA team or whatever when he was like 16, and he played in a scrimmage against the Celtics in the preseason. Mm. So of course I went back and watched it. It was fun because you're like, oh my god, there goes little Luca versus like now where it's la luca like he's such a beast and uh, you know i think like we saw you know you talked about all the moves they made like they don't look the best on paper but at the end of the day it comes down to this dude number 77 he's going to he's going to be dominating no matter who's around him me and you could go i could go right now with my torn ACL and spot up in the corner and he'll find me to hit a three dude <laughs> so I mean, we're we're in agreement about that. I want to see, especially him in his first playoff series, hitting a kind of an iconic rookie buzz, like second year buzzer. Oh, and those, yeah, unbelievable mm-hmm. to have a signature moment like that in your first playoff series. So, and that speaks to how you know that speaks to how good he is, and then also like. He's having that moment so young because that potential and talent is there. And, like, it's crazy to think, like, this dude is going to get better. What the hell? 
Yeah, a lot that, better. Like, that is – it blows. Every time I think about it, man, I'm just speechless because I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's going to get better. <laughs> and there's – you know, there are a few players like that, but there's something about him is just so no, his ceiling, his ceiling, his ceiling is gargantuan. His ceiling then, is – Yeah, I think he's like a – He's the best 20-year-old NBA player ever. Ever. He's the best 20-year-old yeah, NBA so player exciting. ever. So that's, exciting. That's just bananas to it's say fun. out loud. Uh, the team that finished sixth in the West last year was the Jazz at 44 and 28. Uh, they drafted Udoka as a from Kansas and Elijah Hughes, and they signed Derek Favors from the Pelicans, and they lost Ed Davis to the Knicks and Tony Bradley. Didn't they have Favors before, too? Yeah, they, yeah, they did. They got him back, which helps for the minutes when Gobert's on the bench. And uh, they traded Ed Davis and Tony Bradley. And yeah, I I think they're they're them with Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich back, Gobert, O'Neal, Joe Ingles. It's it's just it's just a more complete team if Bogdanovich is all filled out. I think he helps their offense. They they really couldn't score um in the last yeah. couple of the, couple of games with Denver, especially in that game 7, partially because it was mostly on Donovan it was Mitchell. pretty much all on Donovan Mitchell and Ingles also struggled. Mm-hmm. I think Con, you know, having a full season of Conley is going to help because they got him in the middle of the season, right? No, no, no. They they had signed him as a free agent. He just was nicked up and like just didn't have. And then they got Jordan Clarkson, who I think should help them. A little firepower off the bench. I mean, they, they they overpaid for Clarkson, but because uh, he he is the same contract as Marcus Smart. You believe that? No way. Four years, fifty-two, man. Oh my uh, god! What is yeah, the most I'd probably take smart. <laughs> what's the most compelling or interesting thing about the the Utah Jazz? Mm. You know, they, they jump off the page of you. I think they could be really good. I think Bogdanovich. It's it's, it's like their their closing lineup of Conley Mitchell. The type of team to Roy jump O'Neal, off the Bogdanovich. paper at you, like they're gonna be good and they're gonna be. You know, they're one of these teams that like. It's going to depend on Mitchell's jump too, but for me, it's like it's almost like how the Blazers were a few years ago, where you're like they're just a consistently good regular season team that'll make the playoffs, as opposed to like they really have a shot at winning it. Yeah, and right. I think you know that's where Mitchell Mitchell's the X factor, and you know it's tough to keep always pointing at the best player on every team, but at the end of the day in the NBA, that's what it comes down to. Sometimes, are you ready? for the amount of transactions that the next team in the West had the Oklahoma city thunder. Oh my God. Every transaction <laughs> they drafted. I can't even, I can't pronounce the guy's name. I can't do it. 17th overall. Alexez Pukashevsky, Pukashevsky, uh, Theo Maladon and uh, Vit Krejci. And they traded for Al Horford, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, Vincent Poirier, who they then waves, Ariza, who they then traded again, Justin Jackson, George Hill, Darius Miller, and DJ Leaf. They lost Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder and Terrence Ferguson and Abdul Nader and Steven Adams uh, and Danilo Gallinari and Nerlens Noel. That is bananas. That is a banana. Yeah, I mean, they, you kind of get the sense they're just like airing it out right now. Right after they sent yeah, Sam out Presti's CP3, just like, they sent out Adams. He's like, I just don't want anybody to ever have more picks than me. 
I want to have a treasure chest of draft picks, and inside that treasure chest will be another treasure chest of draft <laughs> yeah. picks. It's the SpongeBob chocolate and and bags. It's funny because you know it looks it looks crazy and it's kind of silly and unorthodox, but in February when you know Bradley Beal's pissed off in Washington all over again, or Towns wants out of Minnesota because it's not working out or whoever that name that comes up is the top of that list of names interested is going to be OKC because they have the most assets to offer and they have the most cap space. And you know what I mean? Like all it takes is for the, the Westbrook Beal experiment in Washington to not work and Beal to say, trade me somewhere. And then OKC to call up and say, Hey, we got, you know, six draft first round draft picks and you know trevor ariza or something just sitting here for you it's it's i I agree i think that the most interesting thing about them is you know are they trading potential they have some capital to to you know spend on a guy if they need it and also too you know i kind of i kind of do like their young guys you know Horford, whatever. SGA. We'll see what happens there. The most intriguing thing but about them is SGA. They're clearly, they're clearly giving SGA the keys to be like, all right, you know, you're going to run this now. Which is interesting. Is he going to be able to do that much off the dribble? You know, and you know that's where I guess they have high hopes for him, high standards. But you know, I also really like Lugens Dort. I also really like Darius Baisley. I, you know, uh we'll see how those guys, you know, step up too. But I actually specifically really like Dort because I wanted him to get drafted by the Celtics last year. And hey, then I went and saw how good he was for OKC in the year. His world, we're just, we're just living in it, man. Uh, yeah, that boy Dort Chonk. Knocks. That boy Chonk. <laughs> that boy is quite Chonk. And now, He's, oof, now Dan, wall. we arrive at the Houston Rockets and the, the, the story of the NBA of the last couple of days, which trade is Harden. James Harden and what Yo, trade Harden for Embiid. No, that's really wouldn't do that. But <laughs> what are you talking about? But him and Simmons together would be it's, filthy. I, I think the Philly, the Philly trade with Simmons as the principal guy is, is what they're going to have that discussion at some point, but it's just the, so dumb. The, the, the You're whole, really gonna have John Wall and Ben Simmons next to each other. A, you don't. You don't have to really think about that. You don't. You don't think about that because Simmons is the best guy you'll get. You don't think about. Yeah, true, true. You're getting the best, you know, return. You're getting an All NBA guy back. It's the only All NBA guy <sighs> you could possibly get back in a re- trade for Harden. In any case, where where do you, I wanted to ask where you fall on this Harden thing, Dan? Because I I I think that. Most of the time, you know, the, the the players demanding a trade, I'm all for players trying to even the playing field with owners who just basically screw over or not screw players over, anyway. but, they, but they have just have advantages. They have way more power. They have way more power in every sport. And the NBA yeah. is the closest to even. The NBA because of guys uh, like LeBron relative relative it. to the other sports, relative to hockey, baseball, and football, NBA players have way more power. But they 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 don't have as much power as the owners. Ultimately, still, even yeah. now, it's it's it's. I think it's the closest it's ever been to being even. But uh, I do think that there's a difference between just power and James Harden acting like a jackass going to a strip club without a mask during a pandemic. 
and being a, like a shithead to his teammates at the same time. Like that's that's right, and that's where you know you're not helping your cause, man. And you know people are gonna be like, well, now we realize you know Harden might have been the friggin' root of the issues, and you know you got these guys that have been scapegoats all along. CP3 getting traded back to OKC, and like now they dealt Westbrook out because you know that experiment failed, and you know maybe maybe that wasn't the problem. Yeah, it's it's tough because, you know, Harden is a special talent and he is, you know, offensively so gifted. We can't I mean, we can't deny it. There's not there's no shot we could even try to deny it. But at the same time, like, you know, there's more to it than just that. So, yeah. And the 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 biggest hole in James Harden's resume is his leadership and by sort of a trickle down effect, his playoff performances. Right. Because I think those two things are kind of related. Your ability to come up in the clutch and your ability to sort of lead a group. Most of the time, people who are clutch are also good leaders. That's kind of where, you know, we talked, we touched on it with the jazz there. Like, you know, sometimes there's teams that they're just a great regular season team and if, you know, Harden gets to jack up 5,000 threes in a season, then they're going to be good. But is it really going to, is it really going to get you over the hump? Yeah, they, they would sort of return to where they were in like 2013 or 14 uh, with Harden, as opposed to what they've been the last couple of years, which is a title contender. Like they have then, been a title yeah. contender for a couple of years, but they regressed to just a normal playoff team with him. But that's if he played and was James Harden still, I think they're going to end up, uh, going into the season and he's going to play lazily and then they're going to see if they can trade him at the trade deadline. But I, I, I'm bummed cause I'm bummed for uh, all parties involved except for, except for Harden. You know, I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't, I don't really feel bad for Harden in this scenario at all. I, I Yeah. I, well, you know, he's, he's the driver of his own. Yeah. Eight right now. So if you're not a, you know, if you really they, are trying to get traded and stuff, and this they got is the way they got John Wall, it. they also got Christian Christian Wood, and they signed Boogie, and they traded away Covington and Westbrook, and Jeff Green signed with the Nets, and you know Austin Rivers signed with the Knicks. I, I think that that the whole Harden thing is is their most interesting thing. Uh, the next team we're talking about, Dan, is the Denver Nuggets who changed a lot uh, themselves. They finished 46 and 27 last season. Uh, they lost Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley and Torrey Craig. And they just re-signed, they re-signed Monty Morris and they drafted Zeke Najee and RJ Hampton. And they wow. all, and they got uh, Jermichael Green, which is a nice, nice signing, but we, we, do you expect them to be better, uh, worse, or the same? Uh, I think they'll be better. You Wow, I think that's a hot take, because seeing as they lost Grant. And I was going to say that I think, you know, losing Grant is an underrated uh, loss for them because he was really good in terms of, like, they, you know, he was a key player on that team. Uh, but I think they'll be better still because every year, you know, they're, they're right up there in talks for, you know, top three seed or, you know, in the West. And I think, you know, 
last season, especially in the playoffs too, like we saw a little bit of emergence from Jamal Murray. And, you know, now it's about the step he takes. And then also I do think, you know, Jokic will still somehow be slightly better than he already is now, (laughs) which is even crazy because he's already so good. But, you know, I think – and then they missed Harris for a chunk of time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, so Jermichael Green will help with the – it'll help soften the low blow of losing Grant. But well, I think more uh, Murray's and uh, Jokic's, you know, boosts this season are going to make them just slightly better. And what's the most interesting thing about them? What's the most compelling thing about them? Um, Is it just Joker? It's going to be Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Yeah, that's the answer. The answer is Michael Porter Jr. Because he – it's cra- – that's another thing that's crazy. He looked like he should have been a top five pick. Like well, he was, Yeah, he fell because of his injury. Yeah, of course. And, and that's and where – and maybe, and maybe for other reasons. Maybe his personality. Yeah, true. His, <laughs> his train of thought might not <laughs> – there's a couple tracks missing. But, <laughs> you know uh, – <laughs> <laughs> but dude, the dude can ball on, on on the floor. Yeah, that dude's putting the ball in the basket, and that's what it comes down to. And the, I think he's really good at it. So, the, yeah, absolutely. The Los Angeles Clippers last year were the second seed. They were forty nine and twenty three. Womp. Uh, womp womp. They traded for uh, Luke Kennard, which is funny. They signed Serge Ibaka and Batum and Reggie Jackson, uh, and. They do not have Landry Shamit, who's now a Brooklyn Net, and uh, Montrez Harrell, who's now in the Lakers, and Jermichael Green is in the Nuggets, like we just said. Uh, it's 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 that's some things, man. Uh, Serge Ibaka is a mass a massive signing for them. I you'd think that Serge Ibaka will be better for them than Harrell. Uh, they're still they still have Lou Williams. Maybe they can see what they want to do with that contract. And they've got Kawhi and Paul George going into the last year of their fucking contracts. Holy shit. Oh, man. So what do you think about the, the Clippers? Are they going to be a two-seed again? Uh, I'm selling stock. Selling stock. We don't believe in them. You don't think uh, – uh, do you think that they have, the second, they have the best chance of knocking off the Lakers of any of the, the, the teams in the West that aren't the Lakers? No. Who has the best chance? Uh, it's tied. It's tied? Yeah. Who, it's tied between whom? The Nuggets. Uh-huh. And the Mavericks. And the Mavericks. I think because Luca is LeBron. I think, the, I think the Mavericks are the answer basically. to that question because of Luca. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, you know, and that's something that I you know, I hate to go back to the Mavs because we already talked about them and stuff, but it's just it's it blows my mind that you can have some dude who's twenty, twenty one years old and he's toe to like literally toe to toe with LeBron. Like for all 48 minutes or whatever they're on the floor. It's nuts. It's crazy. But mm-hmm. that's why I think, you know, those those are my guys. Uh, the Clippers, I just, you know, between the coaching change and then how, how they fell apart at the in the playoffs because that's something that, you know, mentally is a tough hurdle to get past too. And then, you know, if there's chemistry issues between Kawhi and Paul George or who knows, all this other stuff about, you know, players being pissed about them getting the load management. I just, I don't see it going well for them. So I think they are not going to be the two seed again. 
Yeah, I I I, I love that. I lo- I love that take, Dan. I think that the whole idea of you know that locker room is 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 kind of rudderless when you've got the stars and and it just did not go well last and, year for them at all. Yeah. And uh, granted, they they do not have a bunch of guys on that team, but they re-signed Marcus Morris for for a, a ridiculous number, and they their crunch time five still has the potential to be dangerous. Um, if it's just Paul, like, George, and Kawhi both are right, but it doesn't seem right. like they're all going to be locked in and as a team and have the kind of sort of vibes that championship teams have and the yeah, camaraderie, to have, and the exactly. And, the and they don't have the vocal leaders. Now, granted, there's a chance that Ty Lu can can make an impact in that way. Uh, I think that's what he, he was right. signed for is for that exact thing, but. He's a player's coach. Yeah. Now, I what is the most interesting thing about them? What's the most compelling thing about them? Uh, how slowly or quickly they fall apart. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, to me, like, you know, all right, cool. They added Luke Kennard. That's not, that's not doing, that's literally, like, not affecting the needle to me. Yeah. You know, now Ibaka, you're paying Ibaka, Morris Ibaka, more money. Ibaka Ibaka. makes a huge difference. He, he about their crunch time five uh, in the playoffs. Um, Ibaka makes some difference, but again, same thing. He's a year older too, and like I really don't, I don't think that the difference between him and Harold is significant enough. Oh, I disagree about. I disagree about that though. Based on the way Serge uh, Harold was playing. Uh, in that Nugget series, Ibaka would have made a ton of difference on Jokic. Sure, yeah, I can see that, but like that—that's a very speci- that's a very specific thing because like Harold was still six man of the year. Sure, you know, he was, he was still he did not play like the six man of the year in the bubble and in the playoffs. He's still an energy guy off the bench, and yeah, I get, I get, you know, all right, he hit a rough patch there, and you know, maybe, maybe permanent, maybe not, but I just don't see. you know, a guy like Ibaka coming in and just immediately backstopping that hole and improving mm-hmm. it on top. Yeah. And then, you know, another guy, Reggie, Reggie Jackson's not moving the needle for me, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. and with that, Batum hasn't seen the court in like oh, four yeah, years. Batum, so, Batum, Batum you know, there you go. Like, and then now you're paying Morris 15 million instead of like 8 million or something <laughs> like, Lou Williams will be at, you know, Magic City all over again. So, <laughs> you know, my, my intriguing thing is whether or not they can, they can keep it together. The Los Angeles Lakers are one seed. We come to it at last. They LeBron James. LeBron James. They had themselves a very good offseason. They re-signed uh, Anthony yes. Davis. They, you know, extended yes, Anthony yes, Davis, yes. right? Five years, one <laughs> excuse me, $190 million. Tight. They got Montres Harrell. They got Wesley Matthews. They got Marcus Saul. Yeah. They re-signed Markeith Morris and Jared Dudley. Yeah. And obviously, Anthony I Davis. Mean, they got Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Jordan yeah. Bell. Yeah. Um, they, they, lo- they lost they, Rondo. They lost Rondo and Danny Green and JaVale McGee and Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard. You know, they, they, they lost a bunch of guys. That's... That but see to They're me like I chalk they, that up to they, they got better a revolving door of ring chasers 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, you know, also, they but, also just straight up got better, and they are... What, oh, yeah, for sure. How, how prohibitive are they your title <sighs> favorite going into the year, Dan? Like, prohibitive... Just so salty, man. Why did, one? Like, like, are they in a tier by themselves? What? Yeah, like, they are. Yo, the answer is yes, they are in a LeBron, tier. man, what gives you the right to get better? The fuck? Uh, yeah, he's... You're going to go and add... Yeah, Schroeder, huge plus over... Schro- you know, I'm looking at the guys that they got compared to the guys that they lost and like what those are, what they're bringing to it. Like you lose Rondo and, and Danny green. You literally got both of them combined with Schroeder essentially, because now you yeah. have a guy with the ball in his hand, but he's also taking shots for you, you know, and he's going to play a little bit of defense. Uh, you got, um, who was the other one? Harold, you got Montrez Harold, like you lost Dwight and McGee big whoop. You got Montrez Harold and Gasol. Now it's, you know, yeah, that's at worst, everywhere. that's a wash no, at worst. No, that's, they upgraded everywhere. And exactly. Uh, so it's like, oh, they're, what they're the hell, favorites. man? What is the most they're, interesting or compelling thing about the Los Angeles Lakers? Man, what is intriguing about them? Because it's a freaking given, it feels like, half the time. <laughs> but, like, uh, you're going to have a 35-year-old LeBron. I want to, yeah, I want to see which of them. I, I really want, yeah. I just right now and for the how many how many minutes how many how many LeBron. minutes they, how many minutes are they going to have to play LeBron? Yeah, and Anthony Davis while still how getting much, one seed. Like it's going to be a decent amount of minutes. How much right? gas is left burning on that star? Right, they're gonna. It's going to be. LeBron's career makes you think that he's just gonna he's just gonna do it again. Makes you think that. He's going to be – he's actually going to be Uncle Drew in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be walking uh, down the floor with a ball, young blood. You Dan, know. Uh, uh, do you think that – they, are, they, are they safely your prediction for who's going to win the West for the season? I think if you look at it right now, yes. they On paper, they have to be the favorite. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. even think it's close because, like, I, you know – Especially with, you know, the way I'm talking about the West, if I think the Clippers are going to fall off, like that was who was their direct, you know, competitor last season and they couldn't get it done. So, like, you know, we'll see how how big of an improvement a team like the Mavs or the Nuggets make. But at the end of the day, those leaps aren't even going to come close to mattering when it when you compare it to all the stuff the Lakers did, which is sickening. But uh. – and on that note, Dan, we have <laughs> finished our Western Conference preview pod, man. I Let's thought you, I, we, we did it. I thank you for coming back on the pod. As always, you can listen to all episodes of Fighting Fire with Fire at SoundCloud.com slash Fighting Fire with Fire. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify uh, or on Twitter, on Instagram at The AJ Rose Show. Email us ajroshow at gmail.com. Dan, I'm sorry we didn't get to talk to, uh, about every team, but we figured we'd do one conference, you know? And, yeah, uh, I want to have you better back. this way. I want to have I want to have you back on uh, as we get into the season to talk some Celtics basketball. Um, much much love to you and yours, and uh, and <laughs> much love to you and yours. For Dan Perez, I'm AJ Rose. You've been listening to Fighting Fire with Fire. We'll see you guys. <laughs>